0: First Cancer Center, Roswell Park Cancer Institute, has set the standard for today's multidisciplinary approach to the highest quality cancer care. Here's another episode in our podcast series, Cancer Talk, with Bill Clafroth.
1: Even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. That is a quote from Leigh Ms and shared by the woman you are about to meet. Mary Best is a cancer survivor. She is a guest blogger for Roswell Park Cancer Institute, and she's going to share her story and experience as a cancer survivor. Mary, thank you for being on Cancer Talk. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us about your journey through cancer and now your survivorship. And if you can, can you start at the beginning? Tell us about your diagnosis and take it from there.
0: Absolutely. Well, right after I graduated college, uh, which was in December of 2013, I moved to New York City. You know, with big dreams, ready to conquer the world, and um, had a great job. Was really enjoying myself, but I had a couple of, I had some symptoms and things that were kind of making it hard to enjoy my life, and just had me concerned a little bit. So. I went to an urgent care facility in Manhattan near my work and they recommended I get an OBGYN to go look at everything and make sure I was okay. So I ended up going to many different appointments to scan this and that and see, you know, is is it, you know, cysts or is it, you know, endometriosis, what could be going on? So what happened was I was went through a couple of ultrasounds and my doctor, she's incredibly friendly and just very honest, and I really liked her. She recommended we do a laparoscopy, which is just a easy surgery where they make very small incisions and send a scope camera in to look at everything. And she said she was expecting to find endometriosis, but um, she wasn't sure, but that's what she expected. and if they find any, they want to get rid of it. So I went in for surgery just about so this was just about three years ago um, and got everything removed and it was fine. And then I was to be on my way, you know, five days of recovery at home and then back to work. Um, and then on the fifth day, I actually started feeling incredibly nauseous and feeling really sick. So I had to go back to the doctor. They thought I have an infection from surgery. So I meet up with my doctor and she calls me into her office. She's like, well, you know, I need you to come in. I said, okay. So they pulled the labs from um, what they had taken out of, out of me on, from surgery, and they also had removed my appendix. And she was kind of saying, you know, well, we looked at the samples, and everything was what we thought it was except your appendix. And I said, well, you know, what was it? And I had had a one-centimeter stage one carcinoid cancer tumor on my appendix. So it was totally found by accident but because they were doing the surgery for endometriosis and not something else, they weren't sure if there was any more. So she said, based on her knowledge of the cancer, which was very limited, because not a, it's not a cancer that's researched or known much about, and it typically occurs in older adults, or it's not symptomatic until people are in their late 40s or even later in life. So there was you know nothing to go off with that kind of a plan. She just said, we need to get you scanned quite a bit to make sure it's not anywhere else. So I ended up having to move back to Buffalo, which is where I'm from, um, and one of my cousins actually went to medical school with one of the um, – a lot of the people that work at Roswell, they know a lot of the doctors in the area. They're also local. And they said, you know, why don't you try talking to some of these doctors, these oncologists? So I met up with a great oncologist who did his residency at Roswell, and he recommended – Uh, I go there for scans as well for second opinion because they really had never seen this kind of cancer in such a young person. And they wanted to be sure that there wasn't any more. So I went through colonoscopy and endoscopy. I've been scanned every which way, had to drink all kinds of weird, radioactive whatever um, to get these things checked out. And that took about three months to go through all of those things. And then at the end of July in 2014, Um, So, you know, a few months after the initial surgery, I was given the all-clear, you know, they couldn't find anything else, and I could officially say I was in remission.
1: Wow, what a story. So they found the cancer by accident, but thank God they did, and it's good you went through all those tests just to make sure and know now that you're cancer-free.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, had I not had that surgery, which was totally optional, my doctor was really great about not pushing to have it if I didn't want to, but it was one of those things where I said, you know, I'm having this pain, you might as well do it. And then next thing you know, they're finding this thing, which depending on, it's a pretty slow growing cancer and because it usually doesn't get to a symptomatic stage, which is three or four, you know, for another 20 years, who knows how long it could have been until they found it, if they ever found it, you know?
1: Right. Amazing. So in your survivorship, then Mary, what so far has been your biggest challenge?
0: I've had a very unique challenge in the fact that um, a lot of people kind of have the different stages that I've noticed, other survivors I've talked to, where you're diagnosed and then you have a surgery or some sort of treatment. But for me, I found out I had it after it was already gone. So I had to grapple with, like, the whole, you know, the emotional side effects of being told that you have cancer and what that kind of does to you and how you think about your life. But then also all this fear where all of a sudden, you know, you didn't just have it, we got rid of it, it might not be over. So the biggest challenge for me has been trying to really keep on top of my body and listen to things. And um, it's funny, sometimes when I would be worried about something coming back or whatnot, everyone always says, well, that doesn't happen to, it only happens to, you know, 0.1% of people. But the type of cancer I had in the location I had it at my age, I'm in that 0.1% of people. So that's never helpful for me. But um, it's just it's just been a big challenge to even deal with it. And because I don't have these certain landmark dates where I finish treatment and I can, you know, you there's different steps. We kind of went out of order, and it made it really confusing to deal with. And it's, I mean, something I'm still dealing with three years later.
1: Well, it's still very real to you. I mean, even though there's a small percentage of it happening to the population, very real to you because you went through it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even since then, every time, it's not even like I had, you know, say something very commonly known where it's something like breast cancer or lung cancer or something that everyone seems to know someone who's gone through it. But every single person I had to tell or needed to know, I have to then go and explain this disease that until I got it, I didn't know what it was. You know, I'd never heard of it. So there's that whole other layer where people are like, is that even real? What is it like? And it's just made it so confusing.
1: Right. Well, you've already mentioned the role that Roswell Park Cancer Institute played in your cancer testing. Can you talk about the survivorship center at Roswell Park Cancer Institute and the role it's played in your life after cancer?
0: Sure. Well, the funny thing is, is I had been, I had gone uh, for many appointments for the different scans and consultations, and I loved my team of doctors at Roswell, and they had offered up to me a chance to attend uh, a neuroendocrine tumor patient conference, which they have every year, um, and that's the type of tumor that I had had. So I was so excited to finally connect with people that were going to understand what I was going through, but what I did not really connect was all of the other people who typically get diagnosed with what I have are, like I had said earlier, you know, later in adulthood and are usually much older. So I walked in this room and I was the youngest person by at least 20 years. No offense to the other patients in there, but it was impossible to relate to the same situations because just nobody had, you know, been my age when they went through it. And it, it's so different when it happens to you when you're a young adult. I had my mother with me and they all were asking Asking my mom how she was doing in her treatment, and they thought I was the caregiver, and it was just so weird. So then I had called Roswell um, to be like, you know, is there some counseling or some services that I can take advantage of, because I was having a lot of trouble dealing with this, and I wasn't really finding many other people that I could relate to. So then I ended up getting sent around a couple times via phone, and I heard about their young adult program, and I went... A couple of events. They have social events and a support group meeting. So I went to a couple of social events, and even though they were really fun, and you're meeting some new people, nobody's really talking about their experience because you're there to kind of enjoy yourself. But then I went to a support group meeting, and it took a little while for me to really open up because it's a bunch of strangers, and you never know if people are going to judge you or what's going on. But I've met all these phenomenal people. I've been going for just over a year now, pretty regularly, to all the events and the support group meetings, um, which are now held in the Survivorship Center, which we're, you know, all thrilled to be there every once a month. It's just been really wonderful to be able to connect with all these other people, and it's you know, now they're not just other people from my group. Everybody's becoming friends. We're developing these great relationships and helping each other out. Like last, um, one time, you know, when a new person comes and sometimes they're scared or they're dealing with things that they don't, you know, their friends don't understand, but like we all do. It's just such a comfort to have that there. And our, one of our physicians, the physician in charge of the young adult program is very involved in the survivorship center. So every time we meet, she'll have a new list of things that they are ready to offer and we can start using like free counseling services and some of the holistic remedies like we can have acupuncture done all for free and it's just a lot of these things that we would really like to take advantage of but a lot of the times you know all being young adults we don't have access you know we don't have all this money that we've had saved up that we could take care of an emergency like this you know everybody got hit at a really hard time in their life to have to deal with this disease in the aftermath so just all of the different things that they're offering even just for free and you know there's no worry all you have to do is go to the same place you go you've been going for years with all these great people and they're still taking care of you.
1: So the Survivorship Center has become a major benefit to you in your life after cancer. So thanks for sharing all of the great things they do there at Roswell Park Cancer Institute. And Mary, we're happy you're cancer-free. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. And if you want to see Mary's blog, just hop on over to roswellpark.org. That's roswellpark.org. Mary, thanks again. You're listening to Cancer Talk with Roswell Park Cancer Institute. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.